We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey, everyone. It's Tony. Before we get into tonight's show, I just want to remind you once again to go to your favorite podcatcher, hit subscribe, and leave us a happy review. You know those happy reviews help us rise in the charts so more people can enjoy the show just like you. When you're done doing that, go to Facebook and Twitter and give us a follow and a like. We also have a new Facebook fan page where you can join the conversation about these shows. I would really encourage everybody to go join that group. If you want to be on the show, there's two ways to go about doing that. You can either email me directly at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the website, which is theconfessionalspodcast.com. Go to the connection section and you can email me that way as well. I really hope everybody enjoys the show. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for what? For the rest of the night. You guys hear that? Welcome to the show, everybody. I am your host, Tony Merkel, and I am really glad that you're here. And I'm really glad to be here. Most of you know I was on vacation this week, and I had so much fun. I was working on the show every day, all day, and it was great. Most nights, I wasn't going to bed till about 3 or 3.30 in the morning, and I just couldn't wait to open my eyes the next day and get cracking on the show again. One of the ideas that I came up with was the possibility of doing a live after show on YouTube. I thought it'd be kind of fun, and I saw another podcast do it this week, and we talked about it, and I thought, you know what? Why not try it with us? So tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to do a live after party on YouTube. You can find the links to that on the Facebook page, the Twitter page, and also the web page. The web page is theconfessionalspodcast.com. And when you go there, when you open up to the main page, hit enter. And once that goes through, you'll see the video stream right there. And you'll also see a link underneath the video stream where you can actually click that. It will take you to YouTube where the video is, and the live chat. After we're done doing the question and answer hangout, I'm actually going to broadcast today's interview live in video format right there on YouTube. I really encourage you guys to kind of tune in, come over, hang out with us, ask some questions, and discuss the show. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So talking about the show, we have Cody coming on tonight to share some of his paranormal and supernatural experiences he's had throughout his entire life. I really think you guys are going to enjoy the show, so let's get to it. Okay, so tonight we have a great guest with us, and he's going to be talking to us about some experiences that he has had throughout his entire life, pretty much, ranging from uh, ghosts to angels to whatever. So, Cody, how are you, man? I'm great, Tony. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. We talked a little bit in email and stuff, but I definitely didn't get all the details yet. And I just wanted to do this in the first take kind of thing because I knew it was going to be a good show. So I figured just get you on and talk about things. So what happened the first for your first instance with your girlfriend, I believe? All right. So back in high school, um, I was dating this girl at the time. I had nothing to do with religion. I, it just wasn't for me. I had 
watched friends pass away at a young age who were involved with church, and that actually furthered me from believing in anything. And, uh, you know, like a typical teenager, I was just doing what I could to make my girlfriend at the time happy. And so she invited me to go to youth group. And uh, I said, oh, OK, I guess I'll go. So I we went to youth group and, you know, it was it was OK. I met a lot of nice people. And so the next week came up and she wanted me to go again. And of course, I went. And then she noticed I started kind of taking an interest and actually invited me to church that that next Sunday. So, of course, I gave in and I went and uh, I really enjoyed it and started learning a lot. And then as the weeks kind of progressed um, in our dating and going to church and getting more involved, um, the church that I was going to actually goes to a, a youth convention every year around Easter time. And so when they had started talking about it, everybody from the youth group was like, oh, man, you've never been. You've got to go. It's great. And I was like, all right, man, awesome. You know, let's go for it. So the next coming weeks going to youth convention um, started having some strange experiences as I started, you know, really uh, digging into uh, Christianity and, you know, sort of about to give my life to Christ without me knowing. Um, you know, it was a couple nights in a row where I would finally go to my room was in the basement. My dad uh built a room for me down the basement. So I had one of those old wooden slide doors, like an accordion door, and then uh walk in, lay down, go to bed. Um and I just remember I was starting to finally doze off. I would always turn my TV off and you know, roll towards the wall. And so I'm trying to fall asleep. And as I'm falling asleep and I close my eyes and I, I could remember seeing my room as the light was on in my room. And, um, and then next thing, you know, as I started looking, I seen this black cloaked figure standing at my doorway and it freaked me out you know it was it was it was weird i thought maybe it was just a dream and um so i woke up uh kind of kept my eyes towards the wall and grabbed my remote to turn my tv back on in fear that when i opened my eyes this thing was actually going to be standing in my room staring at me but that wasn't the case um the next day came home from work um Went down back into my bedroom, about to go to bed, and closed my eyes. And within minutes, I could see my whole room. You know, I could, I could definitely make out that I had an entertainment center in the front of my room, and to the right of the room was the door to get in. Except for this time, this the figure, the cloaked figure, you couldn't see a face or anything. It was standing a few more feet off from the door. And uh, and it was projecting this um, feeling of fear and like I was supposed to fear it. And, you know, at that point, you know, I did the same thing I did the other night. I I had grabbed my remote, turned the TV back on, except for this time I had called my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, look, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's me, but this is really freaking me out. And I explained to her everything I was seeing, and she's like, okay, well, you know, just just try praying and going back to bed. But at this point in my life, I still wasn't to that point where I was, like, comfortable with praying yet. So I was like, okay, okay, yeah, sure. So then it didn't happen for a couple nights. And then um, it was about to come into the weekend, and it was the weekend prior to uh, the actual youth convention. And that's when things started even getting a little crazier. Um, I had come home from working. I worked a lot in high school besides just going to school. And um, I came home, went to bed because I knew I had to work this weekend. And a few minutes into closing my eyes, it all started happening again. I could see my room. And the figure that I had been that I had been seeing the last couple nights was literally in front of my bed. Now I had never felt so scared and more fearful in my entire life. 
I mean, I, I, I felt like I was going to be harmed. I felt like whatever it was purposefully wanted to project its fear and like, I don't know, you could say hatred and anger and, and it just wanted me to be frightened. It wanted me to be scared. It wanted me to feel like it was going to hurt me, which I just didn't understand. So at this point, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know if it's something in my house that has me worried and freaked out or what. Um, so again, I, I hurry up and I called my girlfriend at the time and I was like, look, I, I'm, I'm so scared right now. I'm so scared. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know if it's my imagination, but I'm like at this time I'm trembling. You know, I'm really freaked out thinking something in my house or in my room is waiting for me to close my eyes again so it can hurt me. And um, so she'd been beginning to tell me that, you know, when she started hearing about this, she was praying for me because she was worried that um, it may be something demonic trying or or like just some kind of bad spirit trying to keep me from giving my life to Christ, which I didn't know I was going to, you know, end up doing. So that weekend, um, got up, did my chores like my dad made me do on the weekend, and my dad and my brother went out somewhere, and um, I was going to take a nap before I went to work, so I had to lay down in my bed, just got myself comfortable, and as I started dozing off, it was really weird that, you know, I, I heard this loud rush of wind, and it was almost like a jet engine had just cut on, honestly, and it, it was so loud, but I don't know if it was, like, so loud, like, the whole sound was in the whole house, or was it literally just taking over my head that it was so loud? And um, I remember feeling my whole body get sucked to the bed and not being able to yell out to anybody, not being able to move. I, I couldn't do anything. And, uh, and I, you know, I could feel I was extremely scared. But all I could do in my head was yell out to, to God, yell out to Jesus and pray for help and beg for help. And as I started doing that, you know, I could feel my fingers slowly starting to release from the bed and, you know, and the rest of my body. And I finally jumped up and was like, what in the world? What is going on? I was like, I, I was dumbfounded because I had literally never had any kind of experience like this. And of course, still, I'm just trying to attribute this to maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm exhausted. Maybe I'm getting into about to have a bad dream or something. but. You know, I I couldn't say that that was what was really happening. Because then I laid back down and I was like, all right, just take a deep breath, calm down. You really need to take this nap because you're about to work all day long. So start going back to bed and it happens. But it's it's even louder and more intense and I can't move. And this time I could barely even call out to God and call out to Jesus to, to help. But. You know, I could only do it in my head because I, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like um, I wasn't able to call out to anybody for help. And then slowly again, you know, I could feel like starting from the top of my head down to my toes, I could finally feel relief and feel like something was leaving me or leaving the area of what was keeping me down. So I freaked out and I called my girlfriend. And I was like, look, this is what just happened. I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I don't know if this is some kind of sign or whatnot. And then she looked at me and was like, well, I know this might sound crazy, but do you have any pentagrams or anything in your room? I was like, no. I was like, it, you know, it's funny because even though I didn't at the time really truly believe in God or anything, I wasn't dumb enough to mess with like satanic, demonic type of things because I knew I would be freaked out because sure. that's, that's real, you know? And she was like, look around your room there, you know, just, just double check. Growing up, I was really involved with, I love music. So I always had like posters and old records and stuff on the wall. And I look above my head. And of course, right above my head is a Slipknot poster, which is a heavy metal band. And standing in each point of the pentagram were the members of Slipknot. And there was like blood on the pentagram and candles. And I was like, what? And I was like, no, no, that's not. She's like, take it down off the wall now. I took it down off the wall. I ripped it up and threw it in the trash. And then 
um, her and I, we had talked, uh, we prayed about things and I was actually able to lay down and go to bed. Um, the next weekend we went to youth convention and that's where I was finally, I finally gave in, gave my life to Christ and, you know, and, and started to believe. And that's why I felt that whatever was happening to me in my home was trying to get me to not believe and try not to give my life. Because after that day, after I ripped that poster up, uh, I never had any, any crazy issues like that ever again. I mean, it was just, it was so surreal, you know, it was like something from a movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty incredible, man. So like when, when this thing first happened, it was, it was happening when you were closing your eyes. Is that right? Like you were seeing, yeah. you were, like with your eyes closed, you were seeing your room. Yeah. Was that like a, a mental image that you had of your room or was something projecting an image in your head? I don't know if it, it, you know, it almost seemed like he was projecting the image of the room into my head. I should say it because I don't know, you know, what it was. It was like it was projecting the image in my head to make sure I seen it. Okay. Wow. That's. And so the first time it happened, I know the second time it happened, you said you felt incredibly scared. The first time it happened, you didn't really feel that scared or what? No, you know, I just didn't know what to think of it. I just kind of, you know, thought maybe since I was starting to slip into a sleep that maybe it was just, you know, kind of in my head. But after it had started to reoccur, I knew that it had to be something more than just trying to fall asleep and something weird happening in my dreams or something. Yeah. What what the figure look like? I mean, like you said, it was a complete black figure. Was, was it transparent? Was the edges of it like a sharp or was it more like faded into the black room? So it's weird because the, the room itself was lit up like I had all my lights on in my room. But the figure that was standing there, it was in a really dark, nearly black robe. Um, kind of like you could describe it almost like a monk's robe in a way, how long it is and how it kind of covers the, the head and the face. But there was it was just black. I couldn't see anything inside the hood. It was just black. And that's all it was. I couldn't even see hands or anything, you know. So all I just saw was this cloaked figure standing there at my doorway. Yeah. That's that. Well, I mean, I think the first time that happened to me, I, I would be freaked <laughs> out, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, well, like I said, at the, at that point in my life, I just I always tried to you know push it off as something else. Maybe it could be this. Maybe it could be that. You know, I wasn't necessarily like, oh my gosh, there's a demon in my room right now. You know, until something. You know, until it kept happening. When I was like, this is not just by chance that this keeps happening. Did you ever feel like a physical illness or anything like that when it comes to this stuff, or was it all just in your head? Um, I did. So like after, after the last night that it happened, I did almost feel like sick to the stomach. Um, you know, I know there, there's stories of when there is demonic presence that, you know, sometimes you smell like rotting flesh or things like that, which, you know, I didn't have that experience, but I know they do say that, you know, you can, you can feel like you're ill or something like that, which, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily from what could have been there or if it was just, you know, that I was that scared, you yeah. know, especially at the last night feeling like I was going to be harmed, like something seriously bad was about to happen. Because mm -hmm. when, when you said about closing your eyes and like, I think you described it as like you it sounded like a rushing wind. Is that yes. Did, did you feel anything that came along with that or was it just like more like a, a sound? It was just a, a really loud sound. Like a, the best way I can describe it was that um, it sounded like a jet engine. It was just such a loud gush of wind. And then that's when like immediately, like I felt myself sucked to the bed. Like I just couldn't move. Wow. So like, it, it, like was it like a paralyzed feeling or was it, feel, was it a feeling like a, something like holding you there? Um. It was more along the lines of a paralyzed feeling, like I just really could not do anything, but there was a weight over my entire body. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, I've heard of stories where people, um, for instance, one story, a guy that I was talking to years ago before I was even thinking about doing a show like this, he shared with me that he had an experience where 
he heard something walking in the room. It walked up along the bed next to his wife and walked around the bed to his side and was pushing down on his chest so hard that he couldn't even breathe. And wow. um, so he like that was an instance where he actually felt something pushing down on him, not as much as he just wanted to move, but it couldn't move. And that's why I wasn't sure how it felt for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it just felt like a, a whole weight over my body. It was like a blanketed weight of air. You know, I, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. Um, you really have to, I know it sounds funny, but be in that presence or in that moment to really just kind of feel how it was. Yeah, I can understand that. I was going to ask you, uh, if you ever dabbled in anything prior to this, but it sounds like you didn't because your girlfriend asked you that question as well, pretty much with the uh, pentagram. Yeah. But I find it interesting that when you took down that poster, things kind of ceased. That that the band uh, Slipknot, I I don't know much about them. Uh, I when I, I when I hear some of their songs, I really actually enjoy them. I like the sound that they have. Yeah. Uh, but I never really looked into them. I never really looked at their covers or posters or anything i didn't realize that they had pentagrams and like that on their uh covers yeah and you know that's that's you know i i love music i love all sorts of music and um when i had first discovered them they were just really heavy and i, I really enjoyed listening to them so when i bought their their uh poster and put it up my above my room i didn't even think that there you know to look for that i was just like oh cool here they all are above my head it goes yeah did, <laughs> did you even know what a pentagram was at that time like when you bought that poster yeah i did but like i said i wasn't necessarily looking for it because i just saw oh man i i need another poster to add to my collection yeah. you know and that's that's all i could think about until i looked up after she had mentioned that and i was like oh my gosh i never even realized this like and they were all standing right in the points too which is you know, it was just yeah. crazy. So, I mean, are you take the poster down? Did you continue to listen to their music? Um, actually, truthfully, no, I haven't. I, I haven't listened to them since. And yeah. I don't know if that's just coincidental or if that was just, you know, that's what I was supposed to do. Kind of rid my life of, you know, non-secular music, I guess you could say. But, you know, I still listen to non-secular music now just you know, nothing that is, uh, non-Christ related. Right. Well, I, I just wonder, cause, all right, so you take the poster down and now you said saying you haven't listened to them since. I wonder if, I wonder if the poster held the key to this whole thing or it was it the band, you know, cause clearly the band is intentionally doing things on the satanic level when it comes to pentagrams and things like that. So yeah. I wonder I wonder if it was the poster or you listening to the music or both. I don't know. Because I know there's another band out there. Uh, and again, I, I love I love music too. And I, I don't listen to a whole lot of music anymore because I'm on the podcast thing. Like I listen to tons of podcasts. But when, especially when I was younger, I used to love listening to music. And the band Incubus, awesome band. Yeah, but, absolutely. But people, a lot of people don't know what an incubus is. Now, a lot of my audience might know what an incubus is, but an incubus is a demon that comes and has sex with you in the middle of the night. It essentially rapes you. And that's the name of a band. And when I was in college, I was having some, uh, some issues, uh, going on in my life as far as demonic realm goes. And, um, I had a roommate that listened to incubus a lot. And I asked him, I said, Hey man, like, I, I can't have that in my room right now. <laughs> like I just can't. And I don't remember his reaction or anything like that. I just remember bringing it up in conversation because like I had some serious stuff going on and I couldn't, I just couldn't have that band in my room right now because I knew what an incubus was. You know, I was, everybody knows I went to college to be a pastor. I was studying in seminary and like, right. I knew, I, I knew what an incubus was. <laughs> and, uh, I mean the band music, musically is great, but man, couldn't they pick a different title, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I, I would think I would agree with you on that um, with the, maybe it was through the band because, you know, there's a lot that people can do now subliminally that, you know, you're listening to, but you don't realize what's really in the background, what you're listening to that could be altering, you know, your life. So definitely, yeah. I think that's a possibility. And I'm not saying that Slipknot or Incubus or any of these other bands do this, but I don't think people quite realize that 
there are people out there that do mean harm on people and they do things like casting spells on people and things right. like that. Um, just like a year, year and a half ago, I had a situation where I now believe that somebody had uh, tried casting a spell on me. He was into sa- satanic worshiping and um, he was, uh, he didn't come out and say it to me, but essentially I believe he was a warlock and, I believe that he tried casting a spell on me. And though I don't think that it actually, I don't know what to, how to say it, it, that it took, but all I can tell you is that whatever happened to me that day, it kicked my butt on a spiritual wow. level. It kicked my butt. And it wasn't until a couple months ago that I actually identified at what point in time I had this like spiritual battle of where I got beat up. Like I really got beat up big time and I never could understand what was going on until a few months ago. I re- kind of realized, ah, it all started that day. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, people, people have ill will. And <laughs> I just, I always wonder like when it comes to like the band incubus, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't name that band that if they didn't know what an incubus was, surely they know what an incubus is. Right. Surely Slipknot knows what a pentagram is and they knew what they were doing when they made that poster, you know? And so, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting, though. Very interesting. So what else did you have to uh, share? So a little after college, when I came back home, I was uh, living at a friend's house and we had uh, really started getting into like the spiritual world and you know, all the, this is kind of around the time where all these like ghost hunting shows were getting big and we were like, no way we wouldn't do that. Like, why not? So it was a, a few of us and we started our own little group. We were called the Leesport paranormal investigators. And we had just like a little, um, a little Sony camera and like a real, real old, like 80s style voice recorder. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we were reaching out to people on Facebook. We made a, you know, a Facebook page for it and stuff like that. You could still find it to this day. I have it on my own that I look at occasionally just to laugh at. Nice. Um, but you know, we started getting in touch with friends and like, Hey, can we come ghost hunt at your house? And they were just like, Oh, sure. Why not go for it? You know? Well, we grabbed the, uh, there's a book called the, uh, ghost stories of Berks County. And, um, it features this one about, uh, five locks, which is in Hamburg. Um, actually it's right down the road from where you grew up. Um, if I remember correctly, the story kind of goes that, there was a a girl and a guy who would meet up late at these locks. It was like a canal and um, because they weren't allowed to see each other. So they would sneak out of their house late at night. And I guess the one night the boy decided to go swimming or he fell in and, you know, I think that's what it was because he wasn't actually able to swim. So um, she went to going after him because he was starting to drown but she drowned in the process of trying to help him. So there's tons of stories of people having experiences and how you can go there and, you know, um, you can hear her crying at night in the woods and stuff like that. So we, uh, we went out there at midnight because, you know, everybody knows ghosts come out at midnight. (laughs) So, uh, we went out there and, uh, we're walking around and they tell you not to egg things on. And, but we had a friend with us who, even though he wanted to be a part of the group, he just, he didn't believe in ghosts at all. So he's like yelling and cursing and carrying on and like trying to summon the demons, but you know, and, uh, cause he wanted some real experience and a part of the reason I went with is because I told him, you know, I felt I was pretty sensitive to the spiritual world with, you know, being able to take on emotions and things like that. So, you know, we start hearing some rustling in the woods and, you know, the the area just kind of got dense. Um, it just kind of felt heavy. And then, you know, I got this sense of sadness and depression and just like total and utter disbelief, like something had just really bad happened in front of me. So I start telling the guys, I'm like, 
you know, I think we're kind of in the area where this must have happened because I'm I'm feeling really sad right now, guys. Like I I kind of want to cry. And they, you know, they took it as, "Oh, you're just being a baby. We you were trying to leave." I was like, "No, like I really have this deep saddening in my heart right now." So they started talking to me and stuff and and next thing you know, I just kept saying um, over and over again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And next thing you know, tears started streaming down my face. And they're all kind of like, dude, are you crying right now? And, I'm, uh, and all I could say was, I'm sorry, I tried, I'm sorry. And But that's all I could feel in my heart, just that heavy sense of, you know, trying to apologize and, you know, trying to make something right that I couldn't make right. And then, so the one guy who really just didn't believe in anything, he's like, all right, if you're really here and you're making this happen to him, go away. Don't come back and, and leave him be. And it was just like he said that, just like it was just like that, that the tears had dried up. I had looked like I'd never been crying. And the sadness was gone. And, you know, he still he, he still just didn't believe it at that time. He's like, there's no way. He's like, I don't know how you did it, but there's no way. I was like, dude, like, I, I, what more do you want me to say? I, I can't just make this happen, you know? And then um, he was like, all right, fine. He's like, if you're truly here and you're trying to project your feelings onto him, go ahead. His body's yours. Do what you want. And I was like, dude, whoa, hold on, man. I mean, that's that's really uh, that's really pushing it there because anything can happen when you open up your body to anything that could be in the area. You know, there could have been something really bad out there. And um, so sure enough, as it happened, I, I started sobbing and I start the, the sadness came back. And, you know, I, I just. At that point, I was kind of like feeling like I need to leave because I was just so upset and I didn't know what else to do. And and then he, he was kind of taken back at that point. And so are the rest of the guys. And they're like, yeah, why don't, we, why don't we go? Why don't we go now? And I was like, yeah, it's probably for the best, you know. And then uh, we had gone back out there another night. And I don't know if it's something related. I just figured I would share this because we had gone back out to see if, you know, there was anything else we can find. and. It was only a few minutes after getting out of the car. I remember feeling like my blood was boiling and I, and like I got so hot and I just remember being so angry and I was and I just, you know, I was able to be in my right mind but I was telling the guys, "Look, we need to go. Whatever is here does not want us here." And after they kept saying no more and more like I mean, I felt like something was going to rip through my skin. That's how angry I was. And I was like, "We need to go <laughs> now." before i don't know but i feel like i'm literally about to explode like and flip out and just freak out and i was like i can't explain it but like i felt it come from my toes and go up and it was just a really anger hatred um just yeah that was it was a crazy feeling too you know so i was like all right let's go so then we did we did actually leave and we hadn't gone back to that spot since because we just didn't know what we were getting into or what we were dealing with yeah that's yeah listen i'd be like yo pal you're not coming out again (laughs) (laughs) my body is yours what are you doing to me man (laughs) so all right when when you had these feelings coming on was it like a sudden thing or did you feel like all right so you said the, the second time you felt it almost start in your toes and that that anger uh the first time was it just like a how out of nowhere your these emotions hit you hardcore or was it like a gradual buildup um so unlike the second time the first time was more of like um a pow just it just kind of happened but when it happened it was it hit right in the heart and then kind of spread through to the rest of my body um so that was there was a really sudden like feeling almost like she wanted to let everybody know that she was here and she was grieving over this loss. Um, and, but the second one, that was more of a, a gradual buildup. Um, you know, I could, I literally felt like, I, I guess the best way to put it was like when you take an old fashioned tea kettle and put it on the stove, you know, it just starts getting hotter and hotter. And next thing you know, it starts whistling because it's boiling. And that's basically the same sensation I got within my body. Wow. That's, 
<laughs> I can't imagine that. So let me ask you, has this kind of stuff happened to you um, quite often? Like ha- have you had other experiences where you've felt something just kind of um, emotionally charging you? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been in different places and, you know, I, I could feel if, you know, somebody or something that was present was either, you know, happy or sad or, um, you know, if it was relatively good or if it was something I shouldn't be around. Um, and it was weird because I, the reason I noticed it is because I used to walk in crowds and feel like all different emotions from people, you know, walking through crowds. And that's where I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, it was overwhelming. So, you know, certain, certain areas I went into, you know, that's just kind of how it was. I just kind of felt whatever, or like, I don't know if you want to say aura or emotions or whatever was there present is what I would, you know, I'd be able to feel. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Cause I mean, the thing is like so many people, they look at these topics like, okay, they look at it as, all right. So what I'm, what I'm doing here, it's an entertaining show and people look at this stuff as it's entertainment. It's not real. And people watch TV shows of this kind of stuff and they're entertained by it. But if you're not experiencing it, I have a feeling a lot of people believe that, oh yeah, it's real, but how real is real for them? You know what I mean? I, I don't, I'm not sure if people actually grasp the idea that this stuff really happens to people and there's a whole other side of reality that most people live their day-to-day lives not ever thinking about or comprehending. You know, do you feel like that too? Yeah, you know, and I think a part of that is because of these new shows. You know, people want to watch them for that wow factor like, oh my gosh, they're truly ghost hunting right now. This is really happening to them. Personally, there I mean, there are some where I think that are decent and I think they're capturing some honest things. But I mean, a lot of them I – I just kind of wish they wouldn't get so big because it's kind of giving people like a false reality. Um, I think the best way to experience it is to just open yourself up and maybe even go somewhere where there's been some stories and just kind of um, adventure out and discover things for yourself. I mean, everybody can have their own personal experience. I mean, you might know, you might not know you have some gift and you might not know how to unlock it because you never given that thought or openness to actually trying to find out, you know, what it is. I mean, I personally believe that everybody does have some kind of gift. Hmm. Um, you know, it just, you have to try to open it up somehow. Yeah. And, you know, I think people, they go down different paths of doing that. And some of the paths they go down, uh, they can be quite scary. Like for me, you'll never catch me messing with a Ouija board. You'll never see me uh, have one in my house or anything like that. I've heard too many stories of what happens when people play with these things. And uh, the fact that they're they're sold in the, the toy section at your local Walmart is like, what the heck? <laughs> I don't even get that. But um yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I tend to agree with you. I think people, I, I just feel like humanity in itself uh, is underperforming its capabilities. Uh, I, Certainly. I think, I think at one time in our past, I, us as human beings had capabilities that we no longer have. And I think sometimes people are able to, uh, I don't know if tap into it is the right word, but uh, something happens with some people that they're able to do certain things, whether it's being sensitive to spirits or doing something incredibly extraordinary, like uh, photographic memories. I mean, real photographic yeah. memories. I'm not talking like, you know, remembering most details. I'm talking like, like I saw this one video where this guy flew over a city and then he redrew it identical, perfectly. And I'm talking like the windows, everything. And here's the fun thing about that is he was autistic, I believe. Hmm. So, you know, I don't know how all that works and stuff, but, you know, there's a, there's a true beauty in autism. And when you see things like that, it just, it makes me, it makes me smile because it just shows me that God has created them for a purpose as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think because there is that, uh, that more, powerful part of the brain that they're tapping into and you know that most people 
either a never will experience or don't know how to do, you know, I think they have that gift and that ability to be able to tap into that, you know, part of the brain that you, they say that you can't use. And, um, and I think that's very true. I, I, I've seen stories of people who, you know, were told, Hey, we're going to a place tomorrow. And then they, they go to sleep and they dream about, they wake up and they will literally draw where they're going. And then next thing you know, they get in the car and that's where they arrive. They've blindfolded them and said, look, oh, we're here. Like people that had the ability to tap into that part of the brain and be able to see into, I guess, the future and be able to draw things down. And, you know, I think the brain's a, uh, a powerful thing once you learn how to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, there's no real map on how to truly get yeah. to that point. I mean, our, we're underutilizing our brain so much. And I know people do like these exercises to help sharpen their brain. But even if you're operating at, you know, above other people, you're still not operating at its full potential, which is just fascinating to me. The, the human brain itself is so fascinating because of the fact that we don't use most our brain. Imagine if we could use most our brain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, so you have another story here involving angels. What was, what happened there? So um, this October, I believe it'll be five years since uh, my mother-in-law had passed away. And um, I just remember, you know, she was in the hospital all week long. She had ovarian cancer. Uh, they originally told her it was all gone. And then six weeks later, they told her it'd come back. And but this time it just it came back so rapidly. Um, by Thursday night, she was transferred to the hospice and then had passed away that Friday morning. Well, every night after work that week, I would drive out to – she was only my girlfriend at the time. But uh, I would drive out to the hospital to be with my wife um, just to be there to support her and um, to show her that I cared. You know, Because that's, that's a huge thing to – go through when you first start dating somebody you don't expect those kinds of things to happen um but i just remember we were sitting there it was probably like 10 o'clock at night and i just i just kind of felt like there were like people walking through the door and like the room was just filling up and i just it just felt so crowded in there and then i had remember i had closed my eyes for a little bit and um i just remember when I closed my eyes, I could see her laying there and I just remember seeing all these angels had filled the room and were by her bedside. And it was just such a powerful experience. You know, I didn't tell her that right away. I told them, you know, like a week later, because actually um, when she had passed away the next day, my wife said she did open her eyes for a little bit to look around the room after she had been unconscious for a while. She looked around the room and she said the last thing she did was look into the corner of the room and had this really big smile right before she had passed away. So, wow. So your, your mother-in-law looked into the corner of the room and had a big smile. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, see, she was, she was really heavily involved with the church all of her life. Um, my uh, father-in-law is actually a retired Methodist minister. So, Wow, that's incredible. It was just, yeah. So did your wife ever feel anything in the room, or was it just kind of like a thing that you sensed and saw? No, it was just something that I sensed and saw and then, you know, kind of told her about it a couple weeks later just because, you know, that, that that's a lot to uh, – you know, to let somebody know that, hey, by the way, I kind of feel like I have this gift and, you know, she's already gone through enough. And the last thing I wanted to do was make her feel like I was a creep or something. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> well, how'd she take it? She was, her and her father were both, you know, blown away by it. And, um, you know, to me, her looking into that corner and, you know, even when I had arrived several hours after her passing away, she still had that smile on her face. Um, to me, that was Jesus extending his hand to her and welcoming her to her home. Wow. That's, that's just incredible. I, I love hearing stories like that. 
you know, you hear, you hear about these things and you always wonder, like, is it real? Is there another side to this life when we pass and things like that? And so when you hear about somebody who, you know, it went right before they die, they, they, they smile or they say they, they, they see a light or even in your case where you saw angels in the room the day before she died. I mean, it kind of, for me at least, the way I look at it is it kind of confirms that there is something else going on uh, after this life. And once you, once you create that, that premise in your mind that there is something else to this life other than us here in the present, then it opens the door up for you to actually consider a lot of other things, you know? Like if you accept the fact that God is real, then you have to accept the fact that demons and Satan are real. They're, right. And, and, and vice versa. If you believe that there are demons re- real, you can't be an atheist and not believe right. that God is real. And so th- those kind of things just really intrigue me and uh, find it fascinating. Well, and one thing I, I always believe is that, you know, we really live in a really spiritual world. You know, and, and that's one thing. And I'm not doubting anybody's beliefs. Everyone's free to their own beliefs, and I uh, support anybody. Um, but, you know, me personally, I am a Christian. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. But it's that same notion that, you know, with knowing that we live in a spiritual world, that there is a Holy Ghost as well, you know, other than just the spirits that walk among that walk among us. Um, and it's it's... You know, something that people still, you know, don't want to believe, even though they believe in things like demons and ghosts and things. And, you know, just like you said, how can you believe in those things, but you can't believe in a higher power? You know, and, you know, everybody tries to make their point. And in no way am I trying to push religion on anybody, you know, by even saying this. It's just that's my own thinking. We're allowed to share our opinions here on the Confessions. Yeah. So, Cody, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking with us and sharing your stories. Uh, before we get out of here, is there any anything you'd like to share the, with the audience, any kind of advice, anything, just closing thoughts? Yeah, you know, in, in no way, shape, or form uh, do I, you know, say that I'm a professional or, you know, I, or having a professional opinion, but I would definitely advise people to go out and seek the unknown. You know, it's whether it's spiritual or not of this world, you know, I, I would highly encourage people to go out and find the unexplained and have their own experiences. You really open yourself up and open your life up to a lot more when you start, I guess you could say, finding more to reality. Um, cause there's so much that we don't know about, but the more that people open themselves up and have their own experiences and we share them on this show, like a show like this, and, you know, we share them together, the more, you know, we can really kind of come together and say, wow, this is out there. We need to get more people looking for these things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. It's why the show even started because we, just, <laughs> I just want people to feel comfortable sharing their stories and, you know, letting other people know that this stuff is okay to talk about. I say it all the time, but I mean it. Like, it's okay to talk about this stuff. And if you have a second, I have one more quick small story to tell you. Ooh, a bonus round. Let's do it. Yeah, I got a bonus one. So when I was up at college, I uh, I got into this Christian club, um, and I'd started going to a Pentecostal church. Now, if people don't know, it was actually the Epstock Pentecostal Church. Um, they really believe in the presence of the Holy Ghost and getting um, the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, I know they it's in the evangelical churches and stuff too, but this belief is that everybody can pray in tongues once they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I remember being at church one day when I, you know, I at this point I had thought I'd, I'd given my life to Christ, but this particular church service I really had. And, you know, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost, and I remember speaking in tongues that day. And I remember, you know, coming home from work a couple nights later, and, you know, I was just enjoying music, driving down the road late at night, going back to my uh, my dorm room. 
And I remember out of nowhere, I just started praying in tongues and, you know, just, just speaking. And I even had to turn the music off and I was like, you know, I didn't know why. And then I remember as I came up on this man, we had locked eyes and I stared at him except for his eyes went like a neon yellow. And I remember him exposing his mouth and they were just like bangs as I rode by him. And that's when I just, I kept praying in tongues and it was just such a crazy experience. And then I, I just remember going home and then I prayed that night. And so I believe that was my first true experience with seeing a demon. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, I don't even say that sarcastically. I absolutely think that's what you saw. I've heard, uh, just to tell you, I've heard recently a story of a guy, I believe, he was walking down the street and this um, model looking woman came jogging down the street by him. Uh, he said, blonde, long blonde hair, just jogging down the street. And he said she was captivating. And when he looked at her as she passed by, her eyes glowed. I think he said the eyes glowed and she had fangs. And so he, he, he stopped right there and started rebuking her in the name of Jesus. And uh, I can't remember what, how, the, I think she just kept on going. I can't remember. I feel I feel like something else happened there, but I, I just don't remember. But that was, I just heard that story not too long ago. And it's very similar to what you just shared. That's, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's funny because till this day, like that is something I can see vividly and I can close my eyes and look and just remember like how locked on we were eye to eye and how it was just, it's a spiritual world out there. And I hope more people get to go out and experience it because it's such, it's even though that sometimes it could be frightening, it's, it's a truly amazing experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I really hope that, you know, people understand that and, uh, you know, take what you had to say to heart and thanks for coming on here, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. You got it, man. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Well, that's the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I certainly did, as always. And I really hope you guys come and join us with the after party on YouTube tonight. Once again, you can find those links on our Facebook page, Twitter page, and on our website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. All you got to do is go over to the website, hit enter, and the first page that opens up, you'll see the video stream right there. And the link underneath the video will be the link you can click to go right to YouTube and join in on the chat. Come hang out with us, ask questions, and talk about the show. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope to see you guys there. And those of you that don't show up, I'll definitely see you guys next week right here, Saturday night, for another episode of The Confessionals. Take care. Yeah, this one right here goes out to all the babies, mamas, 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 mamas. <laughs> Baby mama's mamas. Yeah, go like this.
Okay, let's see here. Emails. Emails. Click mouse. Come on, click. Okay. I think my batteries are dying in this mouse. Um. Hmm. Where is the show going? Where do you see the show going? from five years from now? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, hmm. How to answer this? I guess... Well, five years from now, I'm hoping that this show is huge (laughs) and people are still enjoying it and I hope that I have tons of guests lined up every week. (laughs) Ah, man, where do I want the show to go? Well, hmm. Yeah, I guess five years from now, I would love to be doing this full time and plenty of guests lined up. Audience that just loves the show and enjoys it. And, you know, I hope the people that are on the show can just share their experiences and, you know, either get it off their chest and move on or clarify what actually happened to them so they can understand things better. But I just want to make an impact in people's lives one way or another. I know that sounds corny, but I just want to be an impactful person on this earth while I'm here. And Apparently, I have this platform, The Confessionals, to do that. So I want to impact people's lives in a positive way. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'll, 
think I'll respond to this guy. <laughs> 